everything that goes into things that you can't consciously think of or control yourself, that's all the subconscious mind at play. And that's why it's so powerful and so important that you get a hold of that. Welcome to The One You Feed. Throughout time, great thinkers have recognized the importance of the thoughts we have. Quotes like, garbage in, garbage out, or you are what you think, ring true. And yet, for many of us, our thoughts don't strengthen or empower us. We tend toward negativity, self-pity, jealousy, or fear. We see what we don't have instead of what we do. We think things that hold us back and dampen our spirit. But it's not just about thinking. Our actions matter. It takes conscious, consistent, and creative effort to make a life worth living. This podcast is about how other people keep themselves moving in the right direction, how they feed their good wolf. Being active is more important than ever, and that's why I am excited to introduce On, perhaps the best-kept secret in the running world. I love these shoes. I have been buying them for four years, and I don't buy anything else. They were founded in 2010 in Zurich, Switzerland, and it's the fastest-growing running brand globally. Their philosophy is that you should run how you were born to run. Instead of correcting your movement, on shoes react to your individual running motion. As I said, I love these shoes. I use them for trail running, for all uh, running on the streets, and just day-to-day wear. They are amazing. And on is offering our listeners an exclusive offer. Try the shoes or gear for up to 30 days commitment-free. Head to on-running.com slash feed and pick your favorite shoes and apparel items. Apply the code TRYONFEED at checkout to test your new products for 30 days. Love them, keep them. Not convinced? Send them back for a full refund. That's on-running.com slash feed and the promo code is TRYONFEED. Thanks for joining us. Our guest on this episode is Justin Stenstrom, a nationally acclaimed life coach, author, entrepreneur, and speaker. Justin is the founder of EliteManMagazine.com, the host of the Elite Man podcast, and the author of the book Giving Shy Guys Game. If you value the content we put out each week, then we need your help. As the show has grown, so have our expenses and time commitment. Go to oneufeed.net slash support and make a monthly donation. Our goal is to get to 5% of our listeners supporting the show. Please be part of the 5% that make a contribution and allow us to keep putting out these interviews and ideas. We really need your help to make the show sustainable and long-lasting. Again, that's oneufeed.net slash support. Thank you in advance for your help. And here's the interview with Justin Stenstrom. Hi, Justin. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're a fellow podcaster. You have a podcast called The Elite Man Podcast, and you also have a magazine. So we'll jump into some of that here in a little bit, but let's start like we always do with the parable. There's a grandfather who's talking with his grandson. He says, in life, there are two wolves inside us that are always at battle. One is a good wolf, which represents things like kindness and bravery and love. And the other is a bad wolf, which represents things like greed and hatred and fear. And the grandson stops, and he thinks about it for a second, and he looks up at his grandfather, and he says, Well, grandfather, 
Which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. So I'd like to start off by asking you what that parable means to you in your life and in the work that you do. To me, it means you have like this kind of fire going inside. It's, it's almost like a, you know, a car engine. It's constantly going. If you control it, you know, you're, you're running smooth. The car's great. Everything's great. You can, it takes you places. You can get things done. You know, you get to and from work. You get to go, you know, travel different places with it. If you let the fire kind of take its toll on you or, you know, get out of control, it can take over. And that's kind of like what your thoughts are. Like you have negative thoughts throughout the day. You have, you know, thoughts that, uh, can dictate if you're feeling low, if you're feeling maybe down or depressed or anxious or worried all the time. And that can take its toll on you and and cause things like depression or anxiety or panic problems. Um, But if you can take control of your thoughts, your, you know, your, the thoughts in your head, you can actually turn that into positive things like, you know, confidence, um, being bold, being decisive, being a leader, just different like positive emotions. So it's really just kind of how you control yourself. And, you know, there's this fire always going inside you, but if you can control that fire, you can use it to your advantage. Excellent. One of the things that I saw when I was researching you was a lot of talk about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And that's been something that I have been interested in exploring on this show a little bit. So it sounds like that's something you've got a pretty deep immersion in. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of uh, NLP training and, you know, just read books on it and have used it in my own personal life to overcome a, a number of different problems. NLP and, and actually hypnosis are like the two big ones. Yeah, well, let's talk about NLP, you know, what it is and, and how you've used it. Yeah, so NLP is, is neuro-linguistic programming. It was a technique pioneered by uh, John Grinder and Richard Bandler back in, I believe, the 70s. And these guys basically studied all of the major like psychological and mental programming and, and you know, doctors and uh, researchers at the time, they took all these kind of different concepts. And, and they also were actually big into into hypnosis. So they, they studied guys like Milton Erickson, who was like the, you know, if anyone knows anything about hypnosis, he's like the father of hypnosis. Ericksonian hypnosis is still used today. It's one of the most popular methods of, of hypnosis. But they took like all these different kind of teachings and, and practices and put it all into one. And basically what, what it comes down to when you when you use NLP is, um, I mean, there's a number of different things, but it's basically using pictures, sounds, and images. And um, when you think about something, you're kind of, you visualize it in a picture. And sometimes it even has audio, like you, you use all your senses to visualize and, and imagine something like, you know, a, an emotion for, say you have a fear, you know, you'd, you'd think of the fear and uh, all the things that go into that. And all of a sudden it's a, it's a big picture. It's, you know, you see it, literally see the picture and taking actions and unfolding like in your mind. And that's what you kind of focus on. So if you're focusing on something negative, that picture is very large. You can hear it. It's very clear. It's vivid. And, um, that's kind of the overplaying, the overrunning picture that goes on and on. And so that fear becomes like worse and worse because you're, you're just kind of making it more vivid and more clear. And the gist of using NLP is replacing that bad picture, the, the vivid, you know, terrible picture of something happening with a positive one. So you, you can literally like there's different ways of doing it, but you literally can like shrink it down. You can like throw it away, like like picture yourself like tossing it like a mile or miles away and it's like disappearing. Um, you can then uh, replace that with an even bigger picture of something positive happening. And it, it's it's literally just like training your mind to 
wipe out negative pictures, negative thoughts, negative uh, audio, sensory sounds and all that other stuff with positive ones and, and just training yourself on continually doing it. And the more you do it, the more you get good at literally like this visualization technique, the easier it becomes to, to change your emotions and to change your feelings into positive ones. I'm always interested in things that stress positive thinking, you know, very strongly. What's the role of sort of acknowledging emotion and legitimate emotions and things that happen in your life that are challenging with also being positive and focusing on something like NLP? How do you balance those things in your life? I guess it just comes down to the situation. Like there'll be times where beforehand, like I've, and I've used this in the past too. I've battled anxiety. I've battled panic attacks where I was getting them three to four times a week. I battled depression to the point where I was suicidal and it was horrible for about six months in my life. Like constantly every single day I was like thinking about suicide. I'll deal with it as it, as it kind of comes to me, but I'm always sort of proactive with it. So being proactive with it means like doing these visualization techniques, these kind of NLP teachings, uh, doing hypnosis regularly, where I'll have like, you know, the hypnosis CD or, or MP3 hypnosis. And, you know, I'll, I'll do that in the morning uh, every couple times a, a month just to kind of because at this point, you know, I don't have any problems with anxiety or depression, but I'll kind of do it as like a maintenance thing. And back, you know, way back when, when I did have these problems, I would do it every single day as a maintenance thing. But on the other hand, when things like randomly pop up, when I'm faced with a new challenge, when I'm faced with, you know, some crazy fear or uh, I want to overcome something in the moment, I've actually learned that you can't really be proactive, obviously, in that situation. So what I've learned instead is to actually, a lot of the time, face these problems head on, like face these fears and and tackle them and kind of um, face them head on without trying to avoid them or, or hide them or use anything else to kind of mask them. So it's kind of like a, a um, two different techniques or two different processes at work here. There's like a proactive thing where I'm using like these things and kind of working on my subconscious mind and training myself in a way. But on the other hand, I've also kind of adapted this ability to tackle different fears, tackle different challenges head on and, and, and kind of have the courage to face them. Now, does NLP suggest that a lot of what happens with this is happening subconsciously? And is NLP intended to address the subconscious? That's an interesting question. I read the, uh, a book by Richard Bandler actually a, a couple months ago, and he sort of reiterated what I thought all along, which is NLP isn't really meant to kind of figure out how all the problems came about or, you know, the whole um, history of the problems or like, you know, the diagnosis of it or why you're getting the problems are all kind of like the back channel work of, of the actual problem. It, it's very effective and actually just being a technique to cut the problem out, to, to knock it off. So if you get these problems, like NLP is a good way to start implementing NLP would be a good way to start fighting them off and, and getting less of the problem. Like it's great for fears. It's great for phobias. It's great for boosting your confidence. It's good for things like that. But as far as like the whole why you're getting the thing in the first place, it doesn't really address that as much. You'd probably want to, you know, talk to some uh, like psychologist or some kind of professional if you're talking about like kind of deep rooted problems, if that answers your question. Yep. So tell me about hypnosis. That's an interesting one. I haven't known very many people who have had a lot of success with hypnosis. I'm also not saying... I've known any people who haven't. I just haven't talked to many people who've tried it. So tell me about your experience with it. Where, where did you start with it and what was it able to help you do? Yeah, I've been I've been a huge fan of hypnosis probably now for close to a decade. And I'm a huge fan of it because it was the single, and I've tried 
basically everything under this. I'm a self-help kind of junkie and I've tried, I'll try things all the time, just random things that pop up. I'm always researching stuff, always on YouTube and, you know, reading books. Um, but I've tried everything under the sun, especially back uh, close to a decade now where I was getting these major problems with depression, anxiety, panic attacks, et cetera. Um, I, I was just throwing things at the wall and seeing what stuck. And as it turns out, hypnosis was the best thing that I threw at the wall and, and stuck. And it made the, the greatest impact in my life. So hypnosis was the single best technique for getting me out of that suicidal depression. And I would plug in, I mentioned a moment ago, like hypnosis is generally about 20 to 30 minutes a session. Um, and you do it about once every day for 30 days or so. I mean, they'll say every couple days is okay, but I recommend doing it every single day to really program your subconscious mind. And for anyone who doesn't know, the subconscious mind is literally the most powerful part of the mind. So you have the conscious mind, which is basically like what you're thinking now, what you're, you know, we're having this conversation. This is like conscious work at play. We're thinking about what we're saying, we're, we're talking, we're saying these words, and this is all conscious. But you know, you can't just like snap your fingers and say, if, you, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, you can't snap your fingers and say, you know, I want to be happy. I want to feel great. I want to be energized and excited and loving life. And unfortunately, you know, it doesn't work that way because that's the conscious mind. That's what's happening right now and what you can think and what you can do. The subconscious mind, however, is the part of your mind that controls your feelings, your emotions, your uh, unconscious bodily rhythms, like your heartbeat. Your, it regulates your breathing when you don't think about your breathing. Everything that goes into things that you can't consciously think of or control yourself, that's all the subconscious mind at play. And that's why it's so powerful and so important that you get a hold of that. Hypnosis just so happens to be probably the most effective way to tap into the subconscious mind. So you get into a super relaxed state of mind. It's almost like a, a state between sleep and being conscious like right now, like we're talking, it's that in-between state. So if you're sleeping, it's not really going to work. And if you're conscious right now, it's not really going to work either. So it gets you into like a very relaxed, like it's almost like a, a guided meditation where if you've ever done any meditation, Eric, you, you have an understanding of kind of like that feeling of, of, of kind of being like at bliss, like no worries, no cares. You're just kind of like, you know, very, very comfortable, almost like you want to sleep, but you're not quite sleeping. That's like the state you want to be in for hypnosis. And you go in like this kind of, uh, it's called like an induction where they take you, the hypnotist, you know, you're listening, just listening to the hypnotist talk throughout, you know, the 20, 30 minutes. And um, again, he's putting you into like a relaxed state of mind and he's putting you into the induction. So he takes you down to like this countdown from like 10, 9, 8, you know, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And then by the time you get to 1, you're, you know, you're in that hypnotic state, so to speak. And when you're in that hypnotic state, you're super, super relaxed. Like you're literally just about to go to sleep. And just like I, like I said a moment ago, like in that super bliss kind of meditative state. But at that point, your subconscious mind, it's almost like the gates to your subconscious mind open up. And at that point, when they open up, the positive suggestions, like positive affirmations, positive suggestions, um, techniques and, and strategies that are, are outlined in the hypnosis uh, session start to come out and they start to train, like literally program your mind into having positive beliefs, positive feelings, positive emotions, and start to fix the areas in your life that you want to be fixed. So that could be confidence. That could be having problems with anxiety. That could be like, for me, it was depression. I was super, super depressed. So I was getting positive affirmations about being grateful for what I have, thinking of all the things in my life that I should, you know, be happy about that most people don't have, um, concentrating on that 
and just focusing on like all the good and all the happiness and, and joy in my life currently right now that I was overlooking. And so for 20 to 30 minutes a day, I was tapping into the subconscious mind, literally just flooding it with all these positive emotions. And after doing this for three to four weeks, those positive emotions started to really take shape in my life. And it, it, it sort of just like hacked into my subconscious mind and hacked into my feelings, which at the time were all, you know, negative and depressed and depressed feelings. And it, it tapped into that and it literally just like reprogrammed it like you'd reprogram a computer. And from that point forward, I was happier. I was excited about life again. I felt like I had a purpose and I was grateful for the things I did have. The world is changing faster and faster today, and there's so much uncertainty. And one of the skills that we need to deal with it is to be able to learn things quickly. And the best way I've found to do that is Blinkist. Blinkist is a unique and powerful app that works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. And basically what they do is give you the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from over 3,000 non-fiction bestsellers. They can Condense them down into blinks, which you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes. I've found it really helpful for me over the last few weeks to really get up to speed a lot more on racial issues in this country. They've got a ton of great books out there that you can look at, like The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo, and so many more. And now they've got a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash wolf to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership and up to 65% off audiobooks that are yours to keep forever. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash wolf to get 25% off a premium membership and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash wolf. The people who drive industries, entertainment, and culture shape our world every day in bold and dramatic ways. But did you ever wonder how they got there? Behind the Talent features in-depth conversations with people who identify and develop talent, the people who find the people that shape our world. Guests include big league sports scouts, rock star talent agents, and CIA officers. Uncovering the skills and challenges that unite them all is the job of host David Mead, He's an expert speaker and educator, and he brings his own curiosity and insights to each interview to expand our understanding of what it means to be a recruiter in today's world of work. Brought to you by Indeed.com, Behind the Talent is a must-listen for anyone interested in the secrets behind identifying talent and unlocking potential in individuals and organizations. Subscribe to Behind the Talent now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, before you hit that 30 second forward button, a quick discussion. A long time ago, I went through a very difficult period, and the book When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron was so important to me during that period that to this day, I still give that book to people when they're going through a difficult time. 
I've heard from a lot of you that this show has been a big help as you've gone through difficult times. And a way for you to give this show to other people who are going through difficult times is to be a supporter. You can go to oneyoufeed.net slash support and make a monthly contribution. $2, $5, any amount helps. You'll get some great gifts if you do, but in addition, and more importantly, you get the satisfaction of knowing that you are passing on something that has been important and useful to you to other people. You're making sure that the show goes on, that all episodes are available for free, and that we continue to put out the content that we do that has helped you and many other people. So go to oneyoufeed.net slash support now and make a contribution, and you are able to keep the show for yourself and as a gift to other people. Thanks so much, as always, for your support. And here's the rest of the interview with Justin Stenstrom. Now, did you do this hypnosis pretty much, like you are saying, via... CDs, or did you visit a hypnotist? I did 99% of this on my own. Just I got uh, some MP3s off uh, off on uh, online. It was you know by a guy by the name of uh, Dr. Andrew Dobson. He is, I believe, a New Zealand hypnotist and one of the best, in my opinion, out there. The thing that's really cool about this too, it's not like it's super expensive. It's not like you got to drop hundreds or thousands of dollars to get it. Uh, MP3s online, even if it's this guy or anybody else, are typically like 10 or 15 bucks. And you have that, and you, you own it for life. You can use it whenever you want. Again, it's like 20 to 30 minutes of just listening to an MP3 and, and you plug in, you know, your headphones, your earbuds, go to a quiet room, uh, you know, dim the lights, maybe even shut them off. And, you know, for 20 to 30 minutes, you have a, a professional hypnotist in your ear teaching you how to overcome some major problems. Now, do you listen to the same one day after day, or is it like a rotating cast? I'm just kind of curious, you know, what you did. So I just listen to the same exact one every single day. And it's not like, you know, you're, it gets like old or, you know, I'm thinking like, or people may be thinking like, oh, maybe that'll get old or you kind of get boring after doing it because it actually doesn't. Because like I said, it's not that like you're in that state of mind where you're consciously listening to it. it's a very weird state of mind actually you don't actually really remember what's being like you'll remember bits and pieces but you won't remember like the entirety of what you're listening to um you'll remember like bits and pieces and then at the end of it when it's kind of funny you know you're in a hypnotic state when at the end of it it's called like the wake up so he has like you know the countdown where you're the induction where you're going from 10 to 1 on the wake up it's like 1 to 5 and then by the time you hit five, you're fully alert, fully awake, and, and back into a conscious state of mind. So you know you're, you've actually done like a successful hypnotic uh, session when you don't really remember the entire of, uh, you know, the entire 20, 30 minutes of what, what's been said, but you wake up when the guy says five and like you're fully conscious when you're like, you know, like the music's kind of playing in the background because they have like kind of uh, relaxing yoga type music typically in the background. So you hear the background, you can kind of hear him, you know, trail, uh, talking up to or leading up to that five. And then when he hits five, it's like you're fully conscious. And that's when you know it worked. That's when you know you had a good hypnotic session because you're fully up by the time you hit five. So it doesn't get like boring, doesn't get like repetitive at all because you don't even actually really uh, listen to it throughout the session. Yeah, I've heard and, and read studies that say like certain people are able to be hypnotized and other people just aren't. Like there's some sort of you know, there's lots of different studies about, is it a genetic thing? But I'm just kind of curious because I've never really tried it. And so uh, it might be something I check out and see how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the number is something like 90 to 95% of people are 
uh, hypnotizable. There's like a small percentage, maybe five to 10% of the population that can't be. And then I think like maybe I'm just kind of guessing it. I, that's kind of the numbers I'm pretty sure of around that range. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it might be like 50 to say 75% are highly hypnotizable and the other like remaining percentage are like people that you got to kind of work with and, and play around with to, to actually get it to work. Yep. You host a podcast. I'd be interested in what some of your favorite guests have been or maybe some of the key learnings you've gotten out of doing the show. I know that's a hard question. People ask me that and I'm like, I can't answer that. But but pull a few out of some things that really stood out to you. Yeah, definitely, man. There's so many, as you know, man, there's so many different cool guests that you have on and just you, I mean, you literally learn something from every guest, I think, or you have like this unique conversation and it just podcasting is amazing in general but you have these amazing conversations like week to week with these incredible people and for me especially i think for you too as well if i'm not mistaken you have like kind of a, a mix of people and kind of it, it's awesome in that way where you get to just like mix things up and constantly like play off your interests and what you you know are interested in yourself and for me i, I get to learn something new every single time i've had guys like uh, Robert Green on the show, who is, you know, obviously, you know, super, super successful author. I'm a, I'm an author of a couple books myself. So I look up to someone like that who's had like five uh, international, you know, New York Times bestselling books. And I've read every single one of his books. He's one of my favorite authors. Uh, but I got to pick his brain about like his strategies for writing. I was asking him about, you know, if you ever thought of uh, writing a novel, you know, like a Game of Thrones kind of thing. And uh, just cool, like the little things I picked up off him. I also had a guy, the Shark Tank guy, Kevin Harrington on a, a few months back. Really cool. I mean, this guy's like a, you know, $500 million net worth kind of guy. I mean, he's friends with Mark Cuban and all those other dudes. So I have so much respect for a guy like that. And again, picking his brain and talking business strategy with somebody like that. I mean, that's priceless. It's to do something like that would cost like thousands of dollars if you wanted to have like a, a one-on-one, you know, phone consultation with one of these guys. And to get them on the show and basically just pick their brains and ask them questions that I would ask them if I were paying them money is just like one of the coolest things in the world. But uh, as far as like a lesson goes, man, for all the the guests that come on the show, at this point, we've had hundreds of guests. But the common theme that I think is recurring in everyone that comes on the show is the sort of failure, failure or rejection that they faced early on in their career or their life that really... Um, propelled them into unbelievable success. Like every guest I've had on has had un- unbelievable, not just one either, by the way, usually it's like multiple different failures or rejections, or, you know, they did this, these things in the beginning that they thought were going to grow great and they fell flat on their face. Um, and what separates them from all the other people that don't make it or aren't as successful as them is that they use it to kind of fuel themselves to to use that as like a, um, a motivator for their success. So they just, instead of, you know, that project failing or a big failure in their life, either their personal life or their business life, they use that and just, you know, do 10 times better than, than they ever thought they were going to do before. And they just constantly carry that around as like a motivator and something that pushes them and drives them. So that's one of the big things I, I learned and kind of that's reiterated every time someone comes. I love perfect bars. I've talked about them before on here, how much I love them, how many of them I've eaten, which is an extraordinary number. But there's not just Perfect Bars. The company, Perfect Snacks, make a variety of products like protein bars, peanut butter cups, and kids snack bars. And they're all made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods. You're sure to find something that you'll love. Of course, my favorite is the standard Perfect Bar dark chocolate 
chip peanut butter, although their peanut butter cups are amazing too, and you keep them in the fridge and so they're cold. If you're not already convinced, they're also non-GMO, project verified. They're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're kosher, and they're low GI, and they are delicious. So right now, Perfect Snacks is offering 15% off your online order. Just go to perfectsnacks.com slash wolf. Shop their refrigerated snacks at perfectsnacks.com slash wolf today to get 15% off your order. We want you to be prepared for snack time. So go to perfectsnacks.com slash wolf to stock up and save 15%. Yeah, I agree. Getting to talk to all these different people and ask whatever questions you have about them and follow your interests is, is part of the reason I love doing this so much. I mean, it's probably the top reason I love doing it, of course, except being mm-hmm. with Chris. That's right. <laughs> Um, I want to talk a little bit about depression again, because you've talked about NLP, you've talked about hypnosis, you've also talked about uh, exercise, diet, and supplements. And I'm kind of interested in the supplement piece, but I also want to talk about exercise and diet. It's one of those things, it's such a boring topic on one hand to be like, well, if you're feeling crappy, take care of your body. And yet over and over and over, every guest, all the studies, everything points to the fact that if you want to feel good, you've got to take care of yourself physically. Otherwise, you're going to feel crappy. It just depends what, you know, as a guest recently said, what flavor of crap it's going to be. So, um, but I'd be interested supplement-wise, what is it that you found that helped you depression, that helped you with depression? (laughs) Yeah, so there's a few big ones out there. And the thing with me too is I'm a very kind of safe, cautious type of guy. So Anything I'll recommend or anything I'll put into my body personally is something that I've done a ton of research on or things that I know is 100% safe and it's not going to do like any crazy side effects or do me any harm personally. Um, I wouldn't experiment with any prescription drugs, uh, for instance, when I when I was you know first went to the doctors for this kind of thing back in the day. Uh, they immediately tried to throw a, a bunch of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication at me, but I didn't want to go that route. I didn't want to have to depend on something. Um, like a lot of other people, not like, you know, saying I was better than anyone else or, you know, I have like some kind of uh, superiority because I didn't take it, but it was just more like a personal preference for me. I didn't, I was kind of honestly kind of scared of going down that route. So I chose like, you know, a safer alternative and a few of the ones that really helped me out, a few of the ones that stick out, uh, fish oil and especially like a triple strength fish oil, one that has a lot of DHA and EPA in it is really, really good. If you just, I mean, look into a little bit of research into that, they say the balance between omega-6s and omega-3s, especially in the Western diet, is unbelievably high. I forget the exact number, but it's like 20 times more than it should be, like ratio-wise. I think it should be like, um, you know, two or three to one, maybe like omega-6 to omega-3. In the Western diet, it's something ridiculous, like 26 to one. Like we consume so much more omega-6s than omega-3s. So, that, I mean, that just throws the entire body, out, you know, especially the brain out of flux. Like the brain is, is, is made up of, of fatty tissue, fatty acids. Um, that's what, you know, we, we run on. That's kind of our juice in, in the brain. And when you have an imbalance of that, it's just like tipping the scales, almost like throwing like, you know, lava or acid in your brain instead of like, you know, the instead of like getting blood and, you know, clean blood, it's like you're dumping like, you know, just crap and, and waste into the brain constantly. And so you're going to have these problems. It's like, it's no wonder that we have so much inflammation. It's no wonder that we have problems like tendonitis. Uh, it's no wonder that we have so much uh, problems with anxiety, depression, just all sorts of problems in, you know, health problems associated with, with inflammation. 
And fixing that balance is, is one of the most important things. So just consuming a fish oil supplement every single day, I recommend, like I said, a, a triple strength one. And I, I actually consume it two to three times a day. So it's like a thousand milligrams um, of EPA and DHA combined. And I'll take even uh, two to three times of it, which is actually not as high as you might think. But you know, people might be like, oh, why are you taking a, a one per day supplement two to three times a day? If you do the research on it, uh, doctors actually will recommend somewhere to like three to four grams or four, three to 4,000 milligrams of, um, of fish oil a day. So uh, just taking a fish oil will, will typically help anybody out, and especially in the Western diet, but it'll, it'll help you out in a number of things, especially with like inflammation, especially with things um, like any kind of brain related uh, health problem. It is huge. Vitamin D is another one as well, especially if you live in a climate that doesn't get enough sunlight or if you're in like in, in Boston where I'm from, you have like fall and the winter seasons where we don't get enough sun. And so we have plenty of sun right now. It's 80 degrees outside, as I mentioned to you earlier. Beautiful day. Uh, spring and summertime here is, is perfect. I get plenty of vitamin D. I don't even supplement typically with any supplement in the uh, in the spring or summer, but come fall and wintertime, I'm taking... Uh, probably two to 5,000 IUs of a high-quality vitamin D supplement a day. As you probably heard, there's something called seasonal depression. Vitamin D is huge in hundreds of, of processes in the body. I mean, it, it it's works in, in just a number of different things. It helps regulate your hormones. It helps with brain function. It helps with your heart. I mean, it just helps across the board, obviously, uh, bone health. Uh, but vitamin D is, is something that we typically don't get enough of. And just supplementing with that will also do wonders. Another thing is is a B complex, which is kind of like the stress vitamins. You have your B1s, your your niacin, your B6, B12, which is huge in a lot of things. And, and getting a, a supplement that has like all of these in good quantity of it, like a, a 50 milligram minimum for uh, across the board B vitamins is, is very, very helpful. And then the other thing, the last kind of uh, very safe and very effective sort of alternative to like prescription drugs or um, sort of like the natural route to combating depression is a mineral called magnesium, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, but maybe not as many of you know why it's so effective. Magnesium is one of the most important and overlooked minerals in the body. This one actually plays a role in over 300 processes in the body. And the research on magnesium for depression alone is astounding once you start to look into it. A lot of people who are depressed are actually 80% of the American population is estimated to be deficient in, in this mineral in, in magnesium, which is a huge number. Like four and five people are, are low in this and, are, and don't get enough on a day-to-day -day basis of it. So most people will do well supplementing with magnesium. But um, people, especially with depression, have an overwhelming propensity to be uh, deficient in magnesium. And magnesium's importance on the brain and how the brain functions is incredible. It just like the 300 processes that it, it works on in the body, many of those work in the brain and they help uh, regulate, like I said, hormones. They help with the neurotransmitters in the brain. They help with like amino acid uh, production and just facilitate so many different processes and help the brain function optimally. And also, as it, as it turns out, it's, it's really good for things like anxiety and stress as well. So what kind of magnesium? There's there's like four different types you can get when you go to, you know, I think there's magnesium citrate and there's there's different ones. Is there a particular kind that's recommended? Yeah, the, the one I take, the one I actually recommend is magnesium citrate, like you said. And there, there's a number of different ones you can use. Typically, the ones that end in ATE, like an eight, 
they're uh, combined with an amino acid, which makes them um, better absorbed. And they actually are, are, you know, what like if you take a 200 milligrams, say, magnesium, you're going to absorb most of that magnesium as opposed to uh, you absolutely want to stay away from like an oxide or anything like that. That's not a, a, an H. So gl- glycinate is another good one. Uh, taurate is also pretty good. But my uh, personal preference is magnesium citrate. And it's because it's easy on the stomach, it's best absorbed, and the uh, you're getting kind of like what, what you pay for. Like you're getting overall um, basically what it says in it. If it says 200 milligrams, you're getting most of that 200 milligrams. Or if you take an oxide, there's a lot of studies out there that say it can actually be bad for you if you take the wrong form of it. Excellent. Well, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Hey, Eric, I, re- I really appreciate you having me on, man. So thank you. Yes. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. If what you just heard was helpful to you, please consider making a donation to the One You Feed podcast. Head over to oneyoufeed.net slash support.